Hey, what's up, y'all? Josh here, third world baller and zaddy of the ballers, as you've all come to know me by. I'm here to introduce this week's episode along with our great guest. This week, we had the privilege of sitting in with one of the hosts of the Struggle Sessions podcast, actor, and all-around great dude, Jonathan Daniel Brown. We sat with him and discussed the comic book industry as a whole, toxic fandom, and issues that have been plaguing and degrading our beloved medium of comics. Hope you enjoy this week's episode, and please be sure to tune in to Struggle Sessions podcast every week, and hopefully your third rule ballers. A big thank you again to JDB for sitting in and chatting with us. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks, y'all. assemble boys assemble we're here just like brian singer was uh maybe 10 years ago or so uh it's third world ballers it's your host one of them caesar uh i got with me my two other hosts please introduce yourselves what's up it's your boy josh it's your your other boy jawal uh, another boy assembled here (laughs) and uh today we have flown flown the coop to uh come and visit one of our very good friends uh or soon to be you know good friend uh struggle session host jonathan daniel brown yo welcome thanks welcome thank you uh, you guys are definitely my good friends it's Appreciate meeting that. meeting the three of you has been a pleasure Thank you. Awesome. I mean, Thank you. beautiful men. Uh, <laughs> we try. Caesar, Josh, Duall. I just, I'm happy to, You're happy to be here. Happy to be in the presence of such wonderful fellas. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's nice to have air conditioning. Yes. What a wonderful relief. I mean, what a crazy. Because my parents, their uh, energy went out, or their electricity went out. They were part of the many thousands uh, power who went out in Los Angeles recently. Yeah. And given this heat, I mean, Eric Garcetti, where you at? Where you at, bro? Uh, The LA Times uh, just sued him to get uh, access to find out how much the city is paying in taxes for his just bizarro travel schedule. Because we are, like, sending this guy on, like... The coolest vacations. Is he? Is it? Is this all in his uh, plot to campaign for twenty twenty? You think this guy wants to be the president more yeah. than anything? But I, I mean, but he's he has, definitely he, not. He, I don't no, think he has a chance. He will get at all. destroyed. No. Yeah, I'm just imagine Trump. Trump would crush him instantly he would, for sure. Yeah, and he would run as a Republican. Well, because no, a de- you know, Gar- Garcetti is an Obama light type character who would have had a shot pre Obama. He is a guy who, like Cory Booker, who, if his politics would have had a nice uh, place in the mid-2000s. Okay. Hmm. And he just is not, he's, he's legacy. His dad is the famous for being the district. I mean, first of all, the entire last 20 years of L.A. history has been built on Nicole Brown Simpson's corpse, right? So Eric Garcetti is the son of Gil Garcetti, who couldn't get uh, O.J. convicted, mm-hmm. district attorney. Right. His son gets installed on in the city council. He's L.A. royalty. Yeah. He's a shitty city councilor, uh, becomes a shitty mayor. But the thing that people like about him is that he is sort of uh, – he is he is a much nicer face because our mm. last mayor, Antonio Villaraigosa – 
uh, he had this thing where, you know, ooh, first first Chicano, first Latino mayor yep, of L.A., yeah. what a big deal. And then he's just, like, sticking his dick in everything that moves mm-hmm. and yeah. partying, like, doing cocaine in Mexico with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, like, I saw completely, the thing. He sucked. Like, yeah, he was just a course. party animal. So Garcetti was like, oh, he's so much more civil. <laughs> he's so much nicer. But they're no different. I mean, Garcetti just uh, he's because he's got a, his, his goofy film tax program has been a failure. Like he gave all this money to MGM to uh, to make Valley Girl, and he ended up having a scene in it. He cast himself as the principal oh in exchange for the tax credit, and now that movie's getting buried because Logan Paul's a major character. <laughs> oh no! So that's gonna be on Netflix. Hey, don't one day. upset Logan Paul, man. He's, gonna he's box about you. to box. Challenge he's gonna challenge you. Is he boxing? That's what he's doing. He's gonna try and challenge you. He's dating the uh, actress from Agents of yes. Shield. He is still. Uh-huh. I thought she dumped him. No, well, this just came out oh, recently. No. Like, oh, put a shit on blast. Apparently, because wow. I saw some tweets that he was putting out. Like, yeah, so what? Like, I might be with her. I might not. You know, like, what does it matter? Kind of deal. Um, he fucking sucks, though. He that's blows where, hard. That's like the young people. These are the young people making money. Like, yeah. we're totally, fucked. No, you we, know, this is, <laughs> this is something that I think third world ballers has mentioned many times in our previous episode like something that we like to talk about is these cult of personalities that have not now grown out of like fandomonium in a way to now brand themselves and and monetize it in a way that like it just there's no sense of culture anymore it's just like it's all kitsch. It's all kitschy bullshit, well, and uh, the scary and blowing smoke up each other's asses, inflating each other with just internet. Beats. You know, this, yeah. This, well, the scary thing about modern fandom is that the internet has put everything in stasis, right? So even like some of the fandoms that are obviously gross and creepy, like uh, incels or pickup yeah. artists or whatever, like. Every dude has had like that three month dry spell. Every single guy, where yeah. he's like, I can't get laid. I can't go on a date. I haven't fucked. Nobody wants me. I hate myself. Blah, 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 blah. I'm jerking off all the time. Things suck. <laughs> and then eventually they like figure something out and get over it. Right, what yeah. the internet has allowed is for uh, per- fandom. It's weird to see that fandoms and grievance communities have a lot of the same elements mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this, this feeling that you can't really shake. And a bunch of other people who feel the same way. And then the goal is to never let you leave. Mm. And they become these digital cults. So all of a sudden, it's not enough that you like Sailor Moon or Neon Genesis Evangelion or fucking Teen Wolf or, you know, Real World or whatever. It's now part of your identity. It's now part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And you can never escape. And if you don't like the latest season uh, of of The Last Airbender, then, like, a good (laughs) say goodbye to your friends. They'll shun you. They'll be like, you are so wrong. How dare you? How would you not watch the series? They will turn on you. They're not even real friendships. They're just like agree with me and once the moment you do not you're like you're out and, and that's be because aside, but well because they're all acolytes they're not right and, yeah. and they're acolytes to brands and the yes. brands of course yeah. love this fandom is now like you know uh, my girlfriend she works in digital strategy she's the coolest but she's told me that there are companies that what they do is like their entire job is to just like get fans pumped yeah they're yeah. like separate companies like online like all of these like uh 
the way that fandom works, it's no longer these organic communities of people who are like, wow, I like this. I like this. Let's yeah. all like meet up once a year in San Diego. That's not what's happening. Like yeah. millions and millions of dollars are being pumped into making sure that you get really, really, really angry if somebody draws the wrong fucking Steven Universe character <laughs> exactly. or yeah. something. Yes. I, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's it's all become like this blob. And that's, a, it's a result of the, uh, the, the, the complete and utter, uh, commodification? Not com- well, it is commodification, but also the, uh, the consolidation, ah, yes, the consolidation of culture and media uh-huh. under ca- under like this neoliberal stage of capitalism, where even things like politics become like how you feel about like if a character did the right thing or not is now indicative as to whether you are like a good liberal or something. <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah, very right. strange. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. um, I think, and speaking on that. Uh, fandom that's been you know burgeoning especially now that's a good i think that's a good segue into like why comics now just fucking suck for the most part at least like mainstream dc marvel comics and a lot of it is due to the fact that these brands have been so aestheticized that they can plaster whatever person's whatever superheroes face regardless of context onto something and sell it and make it marketable but it loses its traditional cultural value that it once had and i think especially with like marvel because of disney disney is now going to be taking control or it it has taken control of the comic industry and i guess let me just pose a question for everybody around the table i mean as comic readers, as comic lovers, uh, as fans ourselves, what was like the first comic that you came across that was um, really that, that resonated with you? That yeah. made you look at this medium as not just like any other medium. It was something that you wanted to to keep up with. Um, so I think, I mean, for me, it was reading Legion of Superheroes when it came out with Mark Wade and Barry Kitson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't remember the dates exact. It must have been in 07 or 08 around there. But um, my friend at the time was super into comics and he was an avid collector. So I ended up uh, joining him in these, you know, charades into the comic stores and he showed me Legion of Superheroes and I fell in love because they were so such a like a rebellious bunch of teens, you know, that were like wanted to fight back and uh, fight back against this like futuristic authoritarian parent society kind of deal. Uh, and that after reading that comic, I realized that they could be so much more than these very narrow sort of detective comics or sort of, um, you know, fantastical out of space, you know, Damsel in distress. exactly. Yeah. Instead it was, it felt grounded because at that time, you know, you're living through, uh, a very crazy era of, of terror, of, of fear of violence all around you and reading something like that, where you could have a connection to someone to fight back. I, that was the thing that set me off. Yeah, so my comic upbringing and real introduction was honestly with the old cartoons that were on uh, Fox, Kids WB, and Toonami. I was really, really into Batman growing up and the whole cartoon dark aspect of it. But to parallel that, I was really into Spider-Man and that whole superhero melding of rescuing the day over forces that normal people couldn't control was very, very compelling to me. Uh, So that was really what enthralled me into the realm of comics and introduced me to the idea of superheroes and these sort of larger-than-life characters. But, I mean, I did grow up watching tons of Dragon Ball Z, 
Inuasha, Full Metal Alchemist, and Cowboy Bebop. So in terms of picking up and reading, I definitely was geared towards manga at first. You know, specifically the old Dragon Ball manga, the one that was very, very risque, showed a bunch of nudity for some weird reason. <laughs> Not sure why, but yeah. I loved Full Metal Alchemist, though, and I really did try to get into the manga of it, but the show was really what was more compelling to me. But I sort of am digressing right now with the anime manga talk. Uh, so in terms of comics, I can really remember the moment I was like, whoa, these are more than just superheroes and fantasy. And that's when I first read Batman, The Long Halloween. Uh, that noir style and full-on detective aspect of Batman throughout the series really drew me in and made me see the more kind of mature, gritty side of comics. Uh, before that, all I really knew were these flying, overpowered, bigger-than-life superheroes fighting with villains, eventually all striving to keep the world safe, ultimately, from catastrophic events. With The Long Halloween, I saw that there was more of a grounded sort of consequences with these characters and more tangible sort of consequences in dealing with these superheroes and just general actions that they are sort of emitting into the world and the people around them you know to get on the more traditional fantasy based larger than life uh, storylines while still in that vein of crime novel-esque uh, stories hush is really what pushed me over the edge and put the nail in the coffin and melded the two realms of a crime novel with the extravagant mysteries of a comic book universe. That storyline, it dealt with murder, resurrection, and just the general battle between a force of good and evil. So, I mean, that's basically what did it for me. I was able to see this grounded story, these grounded characters, and still, you know, equate them with these crazy, you know, forces out of this world that are coming down around them and the people surrounding them, and just really see a good parallel and combination of the two. So, you know, I would really, I would have to say thank you to Batman and anime, basically. I think for me, it was uh, J. Michael Straczynski's uh, Spider-Man run. Mm. I don't know which is- issues it was. I think they introduced Morlorn and Ezekiel, some sub-supporting characters for that story arc. But for me, I loved it because, I mean, I was like 13 or 12, so I'd never thought of Spider-Man other than the origin. I never thought about this whole idea of like, this cosmic, like he's part of a totem of animals and spirit animals. And I never really had seen a superhero at that point being hunted and like show fear and like being tired and exhausted. It was always like, oh, it's like a temporary five minutes of like, oh, he might be in trouble. Not really. Mm. I think for me, it just humanized him and it made him like, it was like the first time I'd seen Spider-Man and then the next panel is him like bleeding in rags from like bandages. And I guess that really like, oh, wow, this is actually like, there is depth and there's also consequences to to going out there just as a 12 year old you don't think about this you know Mm -hmm. your only exposure to these characters are like cartoons where everything is resolved in 30 minutes or 25 minutes so to see something where it's like a character being written as exploring his emotions of fear or uncertainty is i thought that was great and check it out if you haven't yeah yeah my first spider-man run and my first real dip into superhero comics was brian michael bendis's original ultimate spider-man run Mm -hmm. which then made me an ultimates obsessive i read the entire ultimates universe from beginning to uh it's very very i I think i i did dip out uh eventually because it just got uh as marvel kept poaching all of its best ultimates writers for its mainstream titles the Mm -hmm. ultimates then became 
the opposite of what it once called its gold standard when uh, it was before, this was this interesting time where Bill Jemis was running Marvel right before Joe Quesada mm-hmm. and this, Marvel had just gone bankrupt a few years before like they were in a shitty time so they were just doing all kinds of very experimental and weird things that they hadn't really done since the 80s and the Ultimates universe and the Max line were, were two of those wonderful things that came out of it uh the Max line was also a bunch of stuff I read as a kid that I shouldn't have read. But Punisher Max, yeah, Garth Ennis, Garth Ennis, unbeatable to this day, holds totally. up. Yeah, it does. Uh, all of the Ultimate comics. Uh, eventually, Ultimates three, when Jeff Loeb took over, he mutilated. Oh, he killed it! I he could killed not everything. Read his run. He added like dumb mm-hmm. sex tapes and incest, and then he just had <laughs> oh, a giant with Scarlet flood. Witch and uh, Quicksilver. Yeah, that and was... then he, there's an, an arc where Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver fuck. And there's like what? Yeah, yeah, no, they were really going into that. It was like that bad joke of them being so close to siblings. There was a ton of bad oh, jokes wow. in the Mark Miller version. Did he do of, Ultimatum? Ultimatum was also Jeff oh, Loeb, where geez. he drowned everybody. Yeah, that he was. Blew up Doctor Strange's that. head he, yeah. for killed, no reason. Oh yeah, they killed everybody. <laughs> yeah, they killed and for no reason, and just to be different from the rest of the Marvel universe. It was like shock value at turn totally. to like. 11. Uh-huh. The blob yeah. ate the wasp. Yeah. Like, Ridiculous. Violently <laughs> before and implied that he was like, oh man, like there was like, there was implied then, sexual assault. Like it was just an ugly, shitty when, comic. When did Marvel Zombies come out? That was 2000. Uh, I liked Marvel Zombies, although it just ran on too long. It yeah, just kept totally. going. it was good. The original seven or six series run um, or six uh, issue run. After that, they did Marvel Zombies Returns, then versus the Army of Darkness, then right. uh, yeah, yeah, Dead okay. Days. Some of them, it was varying degrees. Dead are, Days was like a good prequel. Everything else was just like you, oh filler. I think my favorite six one six eras, like post House of M and post Civil War, mm-hmm. probably. Besides Dark Rain, which was that was good, which was yeah. dope, the Bendis as well, right? Yeah, Dark Rain had a lot of Ellis too. It was Bendis and Ellis. Ellis oh, okay. was doing the Dark Avengers and the Thunderbolts uh, yes, yes. with Norman Osborn running the team. That's right. That was a good um, era. Warren was, Ellis. That was good shit. Um, I guess like it's interesting. Like when George Bush was president, or right before, there was just like this British invasion. All these British mm-hmm. guys just came in and started the stirring second up British the, invasion. The second one, yeah. Starring. Interesting, because I think Grant Morrison took over for Batman just around that time too. Yeah, Morrison, uh, and Mark Miller, New X Men too. Ellis, Warren Ellis. Yeah, and I think it's well because like with those comics specifically, after reading Legion of Superheroes, I got back into it during like New Avengers when that came out when Bendis took over the Avengers line and and David Finch. Or Fincher, or I think it's David Finch. Finch. Fincher's directed seven. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. David Finch uh, was the artist for that, and I love his style for it is so cool because it's very like noirish looking and very bold, and uh, everyone looks like very beefed out kind yeah. of. You know, it's funny to look at his faces uh, though. Now you yeah, think that so, they all look so strained they and do. like sh- modeled. Like their faces are really like. Too sometimes they're their elongated. Sometimes they're like wobbly. Like, yeah, he does have a weird way with his work. But when Bendis took over that run, it was like, damn, this this I've never seen Avengers in that in that sort of light, you know? Yeah. Um, and and compared to like the New Fifty Two, I mean, well, Marvel now or yeah, Marvel, Marvel now, now. like Mar- now Marvel now is like heavy on the anime looks. It was, huh? yeah. Exactly. They yeah. got uh, Stuart Amonin doing more work for them, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Then he definitely has that like blend of comic and cartoon where it's like very colorful 
but detailed and slendered where everything's proportionate or I don't know. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's got a very unique style. His style is very like nimble. It's very uh, uh, buoyant. Like everything floats, you know, it feels very bulbous and like bubbly kind yeah. of. Uh, but it's interesting to see that like getting back into those comics because then you had the new Avengers run leading up to like Civil War right. and all of this other right. stuff. And Avengers the Initiative. Which exactly. Was cool. yeah. yeah. So Where all they were of, all getting drafted. Yeah. Yeah. And I re- and that also I really like the Illuminati thing that they exactly. did. Exactly. And yeah, that was all Ben. I mean, yeah. this is what we were talking about with the Marvel architects that had come out around this time, which was like Jason Aaron, Matt Fraction, Bendis, uh, and some. I think there was another person. Ed Brubaker. Ed Brubaker. Oh go. yeah, he is the Daredev- for Marvel now, right? The most recent one where they're no, he's well, he's done. No, that was that um, was uh, who did what's his name? Uh, what Jonathan, Jonathan Hickman. 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 Oh yeah, because yeah. he had been doing Fantastic Four, which right, is an amazing, right. yes. amazing run. And it really I just sucks that Disney forced them to just put the Fantastic Four away. I know oh, what totally. it was. Yeah. Just Swag. they got sidelined so and bad. So that's like. All of these things that were well, even House of M was during the those two thousand eras, wasn't okay, it? Okay, so House of M sort of set off everything, which led to New Avengers, which led to all the right, other things. Exactly. So that was the the event at that time that within the Marvel industry was able to capitalize and create a tons of new comics that basically enraptured all of us again, you know, at a, at another age and. I had never seen something like that. Like that was more dark and more gritty, uh, especially in the Avengers. So then we get to, you know, it kind of dimmed down. I say after, like after Dark Rain that you were mentioning, I feel like it kind of dipped down in terms of like. Well, they entered the heroic and age, and exactly. that was pretty and it good. Was okay. But it was so like, so. And then it culminates again into Marvel now with the Avengers versus X Men whole. Uh, yeah, wait, AVX was after or be- no? It was before, and then Marvel now started. That was their first. But that's what, what I'm saying is what yeah. the event that led to Marvel oh, okay. now. That was like what culminated everything together, and then you get Marvel now. So it's like all of these eras of great storylines leading up to this moment that they're changing their whole infrastructure, and mainly due to the fact that the MCU has now been a burgeoning profit for them. That they it, well, it, well, it, well, for who? Well, no, yeah, of course, for the company, not for the actual industry. I mean, not for the culture itself. Like, well, but 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 that's the interesting thing about Marvel now, right? Like, who is left, who's, or who's who's benefiting? left from those eras? The last twenty years of Marvel comics, have you noticed? They're all gone. Yeah, they're yeah. gone. Mar- Marvel, part lost of, talent. Part of well, you know, Bendis was still there during the Marvel Now. Uh, isn't he gone? Yeah, he. Well, did now he is. Oh, but now. that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Like when Marvel Now started. It was ma- it was like a restructuring uh, of of their brand because, mm. like I'm saying, the MCU was becoming so such a big profit for them that I think that's what manipulated them into changing the whole comics industry to fit that uh, uh, film mode or to fit that like cinematic mode. They so were that- definitely doing that synergy brand synergy. I think of, it's like, Disney. Exactly. I think it's Disney though. Oh, I think I think it all leads back to Disney, totally. and I think Disney said, "Okay, we've exploited these characters." Give us new characters to exploit. And they're like, I don't know. What do we fucking do? And they're like, well, <laughs> legacy characters, uh, diversity, diverse legacy characters exactly. have worked at DC Comics. Do that. Mm-hmm. And then Marvel just, well, they, you know, they, they kind of blew. They, they okay, blew so in three so years, I noted that it was Wolverine got changed, Captain America got changed, Thor got changed, Hulk. Ghost Rider got changed, Nova, Hulk, 
Um, Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel got changed. Miss Marvel, uh, new Miss Marvel is not Wolverine. Bad. No, yeah, it, it no. this is to varying degrees of success. Just uh, the, Wolverine also. And and think about everybody how many, at once. How many everybody of these characters have had their own series, which never take off because they have to keep redoing them to issue one to make those profits because issue one sell better. Yeah, because you the can whole build series. hype around exactly. issue one. They build that hype for it. And and it sucks because now these characters and these storylines are just regurgitated through each other and it's it's very ham-fisted you know pandering now and uh i just find it's so funny because like you look at that culmination of avenger versus x-men to become marvel now and then the uh what was it in dc i guess well i thought marvel now was always uh, a response to the new 52 they were like oh we can change and then totally but that's what i'm saying new 52 did it in such a very success, but you know what? They took their well, mistakes and they yeah. embraced them, and then were like, "Okay, you guys didn't really like that. We'll do rebirth. See how you guys feel about that now." At least they kind of learned. I feel or like took some notes from like, "Okay, we flopped them, here." I don't know. Like, do you think they take themselves seriously at DC in terms of like their comics creation? Because like, I feel like they're not as. I feel like they understand the goofiness. And the kind of animation around these comic characters. So that's why I feel like their stories are sometimes a little better. Who knows? I mean, look, uh, what's her name? Just left as the Diane uh, Nelson? Is that her name? She was just left as the head of DC. Uh, and then, like, you know, I'm sure, like, Dan DiDio, the editor, has been the same guy for like 20 years. I do yeah, not yeah. like him as an editor. But I do wonder, like, look. Your choice now is between Disney and AT&T. Like, there is no... DC is not... Time Warner was always a mega conglomerate when it owned DC, but now that it's... In, I mean, you're going to see Superman and Batman, like, trying to get people to sign up to phone plans more oh, than geez. anything else. Like, and you're going to see... I mean, God, did you see the Titans thing? Yeah, we were talking the about that. The live-action one? The oh, trailer. the Titans. What a great... Fuck Batman. Uh, yeah. What a oh, great God. comic franchise turned into the Teen Titans Go movie, and now that fucking awkward live-action show. Like, wow. That's going to be a show? That's the show? Yeah. Or a movie. I think There's, it's going to be a show. They have two different things. They have Teen Titans Go, which comes out... I think this month that's or some shit. It's for which is it's for kids. Yeah. For kids, and then now you've got an excessively like dark version for I guess adult teenagers. We are fully like back in the '80s thing where they had R-rated children's cartoons. <laughs> yeah. They had a they had like a on Saturday morning like Rambo, Terminator, Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> um, I think there was. There was a RoboCop cartoon. There, there was I remember definitely. That. Like there were all of these, all of these like R-rated movies got kids cartoons, and now like we're going in the opposite direction where G-rated cartoons are getting R-rated live action adaptations. Uh, it's crazy. I don't think they're expecting that problem of like, mommy, I just saw Teen Titans Go. It's like, can I watch Titans? And just like, sure. And then what the fuck is like, this? Yeah, yeah. Just you can grow up and fuck get that, over man. this kitty shit. <laughs> this is the stuff for the grown-ups. Just yeah, smoking a cigarette hard exactly. Which is, I mean, they keep trying to make these fucking shows. Like, it's insane how, how DC and Marvel and, like, I never hear anyone talk about Legion. Like, Legion seemed to be the only one that actually tried to take itself seriously in terms of, like, its art direction and its um, editing and, like, everything about it I thought was way more original than the other uh, superhero shows that had come out at the time or that they were they were pushing as the you know this is the the best you know superhero show out there like mm-hmm. from Jessica Jones to Luke Cage and then 
all the shit that's on CW and yeah. all the Marvel shows that are what ABC, I think, right? They're, yeah, the, ABC. yeah, ABC, Netflix, and they they work together. And yeah, and it's weird, like F because that Legion is FX, right? Yeah, because it was Fox. Legion is FX, which means it's doomed. Now that uh, the sale is going to go through. Oh, yes, that's oh, right. true. Also, so then either way, they're going to end up owning it. Damn. But that first season Disney was will, so Disney good. Will or, that's or, the thing. Disney will own, I believe, 40% of all media. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That is So it makes sense that these yeah. these comic industries are so desensitized. Like, there's no originality anymore because now they have to fit this mold of fucking movies. Like... If this character is, dies in the movie, you better bet there's going to be a comic coming out that has to fit that very same structure, yep. or like inserting characters that Disney makes. Well, just look you know? at any any Marvel comic over yeah. the last ten years. I mean, you'll slowly see Iron Man and Tony Stark turn into Robert Downey Jr. They just draw Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. 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 They don't draw yeah. they do what Iron Man like looked like Samuel before. Jackson. His entire banter got totally reworked. His Iron or they Man added, and Tony Stark different. What's different. His, what was Samuel Jackson's like? Body or like? Well, he was an Ultimate Universe yeah. character. Oh, okay. So, then, so what? What they did was what's his name though? Coulson or oh, Coulson. Agent Coulson they got put thrown him in the, the six sixteen, yes. and also Nick the Samuel Jackson because he got rolled in as like Nick Fury Jr. So, but well, that's bullshit though because they had Samuel Jackson as Ultimate Nick Fury while Nick Fury was still white in the six sixteen, and instead of bringing that Nick Fury over from the Ultimate Universe to the six one six. They, I guess, killed him when they killed the rest of the 616, which was stupid. Oh, because that Nick Fury, like, did a lot of evil shit. But still, like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's the one. Yeah. Um, and then they uh, decided that uh, David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury, had an illegitimate black child who yeah. also, yeah. like, lost the same eye. Uh, and has like, the same name. <laughs> and even no. didn't know his name was Nick Fury Jr. his entire life. And guess who he was his at? His name's, like, Marcus something. Yeah. It's whack. It's it just, is. It, and that, it's... It's so funny to like, that's why it's like now these comics, like you're saying, in the last, what, 10 years now, they've just been, they have been, um, they're very much designed for vertical for, integration. Yeah. Yes. And it's, On capitalization within that, especially within the MCU. But even so, there are some niche uh, comics within the Marvel Universe still that are. They get great writers still and great artists. What do you, what do you recommend? Because um, I'm out of the loop. So there's one Nighthawk which came out that was pretty good. Uh, if any, if more so for the art by this guy named Ramon Villalobos, and he has he he has like the same kind of patina as like a Frank Quitely and a Jeff oh. Darrow and stuff. Th- um, does it have the? Is it connected to this uh, J. Michael Straczynski Supreme Power Nighthawk? I, I'm not sure actually. I think it's a separate one. Separate I don't think Nighthawk. it's a se- separate. Mu- Nighthawk. I'm not exactly That's a good sure. One. Uh, but that whole that whole run, it was like a limited series, but it's really good. It takes place in Chicago. Um, the writer, I believe, himself is. I, I hope I get this. I think he is African American, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But it mainly deals with like police brutality and shit. And since Nighthawk himself is an African American, he decides to go on a killing rampage. And it's like, it's crazy to see him killing cops in a Marvel comic that's supposed to be for kids. You know, uh, maybe so, it is the same Nighthawk. So there's that Nighthawk, and then uh, the Moon Knight ran run Ooh. that came out. It was like a limited series with Warren Ellis writing and. Uh, Declan Shalvey. Is it as, as good the as the Charlie Houston run? It is weirder, I would say, because 
I like it because it treats it as a kind of episodic uh, series where uh-huh. each issue is a different sort of story and uh, different circumstances, but it dabbles more in, in the occultism that uh, Moon Knight is like, you know. Always inherent to his character. Exactly. And Warren Ellis, I mean, he's a he's a staple, I think, to a lot of comic writing in general. Uh, and he did something with the character that I think, like, was very, very original and brought him out of this woodwork where, like, the I mean, Moon Knight was for a long time kind of shoved. Uh, well, because he fell into obscurity because he didn't fit in with the rest of the new exactly, Avengers like yeah. lineup, which in the new Avengers basically led the Marvel comic landscape for the last like fifteen years. Basically, they are like the main. It's like Wolverine, Spider Man, Iron Man, Captain, Captain America. America. These are going to yeah. be the ones you followed. Fuck everybody else who isn't in this lineup. Exactly, and, and even like. I mean, and then they killed off Wolverine in this last. Uh, well, it was a lame ass kill because they brought in, they rolled in Old, old Man, Man Logan. Logan. And it's so, it's weird. So that, they didn't like, even kill him off. They just, like, oh, we aged him up. Yes, and exactly. Get it? Like, oh, it's like he's old now. It's, it seems like Marv, the Marvel comic industry is always trying to reboot itself to get new readers to attach itself to the films that are coming out. Because, like, I'm sure each film superhero film that comes out you get a new readership who's going to want to see the character in a different light well, that's why they so now they have Civil to put War these II. comics out to fit that mold for these new readers even though they suck it's basically yeah. you're just watching a movie and you're just reading a movie basically yeah. Read the to the next movie. Exactly. Yeah. and that's why they rolled out Civil War 2 in the comics because yes. the Civil War was coming out what? and so they did a whole diff- so a sequel series ridiculous. even though so they had spent bad. 10 so years bad. like saying oh yeah you know what Civil War was a mistake let's not do that and then suddenly it's like hey you know what we're disagreeing let's fight it out by the way watch read Civil War again the ending sucks oh, yes. oh it totally does to be yeah. fair the first Down Civil America War sees a couple of fucking never. first responders and yeah. goes that's it I'm out he what it fit the times very well, I think, too. Like, oh, about how liberals comic. gave up and let Bush do whatever the fuck he wanted. Yeah, like I Maybe. mean, the fact I mean, the fact that Captain America could have fought back, he was fighting back the entire run. He he enlisted the Punisher to help him out, like, and then he just gives up because he gets tackled by a policeman and a firefighter and like an ambulance. It's the so real heroes are mad at me. The first responders to a catastrophic event that's happening in downtown New York. Uh. To be fair, Which though, they should be used to because these fuckers fight there every other day. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. but that's what made Civil War so important to the Marvel uh, era because it was all about that idea of like. Uh, security terror, you know, because uh, I was definitely commenting. He was on asking that. real totally, questions. Iron Man wouldn't... is like the military. He is the military industrial complex, yeah. right? And Captain America is like your average whatever patriot. So your so your your Roosevelt Democrat, which yes, doesn't exist exactly. anymore. <laughs> so he's living in an era that d- is not made for him, you know. And he's fighting yeah, a. Ba- who is this fucking era made he was for, though? Fighting Oof, back the uh, fighting back against a capitalist industry which was tony stark who ended up enlisting you know fucking murderers and villains into his reigns as well it never you know the thing that people forget about the first civil war run was it was actually very controversial when it was released a lot of comic like a lot of the fans i remember it's like how why this doesn't make sense it's like how are mad at iron man (laughs) that and just like how are you guys gonna fight like you've gone through so much shit you've literally all died multiple times Uh resurrected in different universes why are you guys gonna fight over like a little policy issue like you guys got murdered by 
onslaught like five years ago. It's yeah. like, you guys can handle this. I think you guys can take a little policy change and <laughs> meet in the middle. Exactly. And like, yeah. I mean, now, and then go No centrism dies. in the Marvel <laughs> universe. Yeah, it we was. can't work together. They couldn't reach across the aisle. Captain America wouldn't reach across the aisle. We can fight the scrolls, but we can't reach across the aisle. Yeah. Oh, and then scroll invasion. Oh, they did about that. Secret, Secret invasion. invasion. Secret invasion. That okay, ended up being a big bunch of nothing, though, right? Yep. I mean, who ended up actually being a scroll? Just Electra. Just a, yeah, Electra. Iron Man <laughs> Wait, ended up it? being not, not a, scroll, a scroll. He was the one who was everybody he, like, okay, let's write this off. Like he's. I a remember scroll. that. That would have been so. Good, that was though. how you like got Iron Man out of war crimes. Was yeah. your like surprise? Civil War was a scroll. Exactly. By the way, that's. That's also yeah. that's also how uh, the second Captain America movie should have ended. It should have ended with fucking Robert Redford pulling off his mask and he's the Red Skull. I would have been down with that. That would have been cool. That would have been dope. Instead, they had him in that dumb scene in like Infinity War as like right. as like that's the keeper. Cool. I am the keeper. Yeah. This the Nazi keeper. That's how I got like, here. <laughs> what the fuck? That part was really strange. Like, it, and it's so jarring because. There's not, there's no real context behind it. It's just Thanos just takes there. Gamora there, and then all of a sudden, Red Skull's just hanging out. Yeah, he's just yeah. a familiar face. I think Gamora the Russo is, brothers yeah. added hey, him just this? because he's kind of falling out of the movie. So here's this guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Remember, it's not, it's not Hugo Weaving. He quit. Yeah, it's a <laughs> oh, it wasn't Walking Hugo Dead Weaving? guy. No, it was a some, Walking some... Dead actor did like really? an impersonation Re- of him because wow. he was really good at impersonation. It was yeah, a good impersonation. I am with the way. Yeah. Wow. I mean, more upset. It's very depressing to talk about like being very nostalgic for all these older comic runs now and we can't even yeah, me- because I everything we loved from Marvel everything now. we loved as a kid is still here and wants all our money till we're fucking exactly, dead exactly yes and they just they don't that's a great way to put it. and that's what fans we're still screaming at our parents to buy us the latest fucking comic and the latest fucking you know the last one I remember was uh, Secret Not Wars me. I pirate <laughs> did you guys check out Secret Wars or no I didn't it bother it was oh convolted I tried to get through like two issues online I was like yeah. what is and going see, that's why, on and, and that, another thing that Marvel does is just create event after event after yeah. event within their comics industry to try and re- reboot it like we're saying again and then to get these new readers and then fucking put terrible writers and art on it like the so art so here's my question yeah it sucks my question is how does a guy how do all these like fucking comic skate guys like this uh, Richard C. Meyer guy this you know uh, diversity in comics the Ethan Von Siver who like yes. was making a lot Jesus. of money drawing for DC why do all right. these guys think the problem is diversity uh-huh. when like clearly the problem is that one these corporations are cheaping out, and by cheaping out, they're getting rid of their best talent, and then they're hiring young, inexperienced people, giving them too much to do, paying mm-hmm. them nothing, and then throwing them to the wolves to be mm-hmm. eaten alive, yeah. and using their identities as like a shield uh, to to let like well like you can't say that this comic sucks because this writer is gay or <laughs> yes. this writer is black, and like no like the comic sucks, and like that's why you don't hire like a twenty two year old who doesn't like have experience, and instead you like train them or you help them or something fuck but instead you're like go online and fight with all these fucking people like we're marvel and dc we have all the money in the world you're on your own kiddo it, yeah. it really is like they've become their marketing brand well and uh, so like as much as i hate these fucking dudes these days it's like the same way i felt about like milo yeah. where it's like 
these guys suck and these guys will always be here and they will always be dog shit. They are consistent dog like this Richard C. Meyer guy, mm-hmm. dog shit human. Ethan von Syver would sacrifice like a very, very good career as a very successful comics artist to be like a YouTube Nazi. Like you fucking suck. That However, is DC Comics and Marvel, like you are you are using your talent as fucking cannon fodder. Yeah. The yeah. same way yeah. that Disney has like the actors in these Star Wars movies getting fights on behalf of people. Or fucking Jar Jar Binks getting the actor like I wanted to commit suicide because yeah, of the we back. don't do and anything that wasn't to help now. We like, don't. So we offer <laughs> none of these companies offer any sort of psychological support to any of these actors or writers or artists or directors or anything. Like they're just like here, like you made the thing, uh, promote the hell out of it. We'll make most of the money. We might give you some, uh, and then if you end up like psychologically broken, eh, yeah. yes, that's what it happened. It all to works me. out in the end because they make their bottom profit yeah i can't tell you how many acting projects i had to like promote online and i had to like behave like a character that i played or i had to yeah it's bad for your brain and like you do it for free it's stupid like i used to laugh guys like kevin harder like i charge like a million dollars for an instagram post i'm like well "Well, maybe like (laughs) wow um that's Dang, that's because really I just because like, any excuse not to post, I'll take. So because yeah. cra- these comic writers and artists also have they have to promote their brands online too. To so like you're saying, they are handed literally to the people who are going to fucking eat them up and spit them out. Like the writer for Mockingbird, for instance, you know? They ran her yeah. out. Like here's what I think. I think that comic oh. sucked, and that most of, of the people shitting on that comic were like. We're like, yeah, that comic isn't good. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, why do you have to be a fucking monster to this exactly. lady? Yeah. Like, and also, and also, by the way, like maybe you know her next comic will be less shitty, or maybe you know, like she has room to grow. She has like learning. I mean, there's so many writers you know? that put out crappy comics. It happens. It's like sometimes you're not on your creative juices. It's like, just right. a part of growing. You know, and it's writing. like I saw the cover that everyone went nuts about that asked me about my feminist agenda thing, and I did what like most people do. I like rolled my eyes and moved yeah. on yes, with my exactly. fucking day. Like yes. you, you don't have to. There, like be, because aesthetics. Uh, and because like the products we buy have now been merged into politics like you don't have to enjoy an aesthetic and and god like for some reason and I'll tell you like back when I was acting more and I had like these critics online who would give me shit like these real professional bloggers like dudes with Rotten Tomato pages who would like harass me and be like abusive and like be bullies like I, I at first I would I saw what these Gamergate guys are doing and I was like yeah like I like that they're fighting back against bullies but that's not what it really was and I realized after a few months of talking to these people that like oh I'm a dumbass these people aren't trying to protect creative integrity they're not even trying to uh, make sure that critics are good they're just trying to get a very specific shitty point of view mm-hmm. uh, they're trying to force people to write their shitty belief Ex- system it has yeah, nothing yeah, to yeah, do yeah. with the you know that is abusing the that la- platform that really. is the lamest political movement that you could try and adhere to is just I don't like like I want to make a mass movement because I don't believe those views but insert my right. own do views I think that like the gaming journalism or any access to any journalism basis based off of a product is going to be ethical like uh, you know, is 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 Game Informer ethical? Probably not. The same way, like Better Homes and Gardens, probably yeah. isn't ethical. <laughs> or the same way that you know, uh, a wizard cooking. When it was yeah, coming out, like which, all, man, the, like the entire point of all these magazines is to get you to buy shit. That's exactly. the fucking point. That's 
<laughs> that's the point. That's like, what they're if designed you want, for. If you want like legitimate journalism into the games industry, then like look into look into fucking crunch time. Look into like uh, abuse of workers. Look into like actually look at, instead. It's like why did the thing get like a point knocked off the review because there's a boob in it and the writer got offended? Like who cares? The writer sucks. Like yeah. the you just because someone wrote on the internet that like jerking off to your anime video game is evil doesn't mean that you just ignore them and jerk off to your anime video game like live your life don't yeah. like let these for some reason like uh, like this the subset and the fact that this shit even still exists like four years later is so baffling to me but the fact that this thing even exists still where what are you trying to prove at this point yes like, yeah. you're not trying to stop censorship what clearly. is the point like there is no there point and that's what i'm saying that's the lamest campaign to get behind where it's like but this richard c meyer guy it's such a you're just a you're whining like you are literally becoming the so-called snowflake you are now you are now the sjw you're irritating everybody about all the bullshit things nobody cares about he doesn't see that but he's monetized his position in a way where these guys elevate him they inflate his ass into this like fucking round bubble of cash you there know? there is an entire online right-wing movement of people saying their speech is getting taken away making money for that mm-hmm. guys like owen benjamin guys like richard c meyer that guy raised like what like 300 400 for a shitty comic he, crazy and, and he has a pay i mean people donate to him to keep creating this shit like he has a patreon he's where got he a patreon that. He's got a lot of people on YouTube. Uh, Ethan uh, Von Cyber, same thing. It's like, what? This guy made like $500,000 to make some cyber fraud comic. Why didn't you just like fucking like Ethan Von Cyber? You know everybody at Image Comics. Yes. Like, you don't need to do this. Yes, exactly. Like, and what kind of fan? Part of the reason why I started to walk away from social media is that, like, part of the thing as an entertainer you have to do is pander to your audience. And so, like, I started to notice that my audience was shifting more and more right-wing. So I was like, how do I insert my left-wing beliefs in while also, like, appeasing these people? So I would, like, do that. I would be like, well, I'll make fun of, like, this obnoxious, you know – campus activist or whatever because i didn't go to college i don't give a shit uh and i'll like make fun of this but also like the sjw's do have a point about this or whatever the fans just here's the thing like in 2016 maybe there was like a shot and maybe in 2020 there will be another shot to like grab some of these people but like right now for the next few years we're fucked nobody's changing their minds yeah they're deep in the well they're deep like if you came out of 2016 if you were like in 2018 still a trump supporter or like still a hillary dead ender you're in it you're in you know Mm -hmm. and like the weird thing is like these elections are really the only time where people actually seem politically malleable Mm -hmm. like people are just they they just we are just like I'm not changing my mind for another few years like who is like is, <laughs> you, think, you think Richard is a is a Trump so is he a Trump supporter? He's he definitely know? a Trump guy. Okay, because he, he's definitely one of those bootstrap guys for he's sure. He's like a hoorah bootstrap uh, yeah. because he was in the military too. Yeah, he's which is hilarious shit. because a lot of the comics that he tries to get out is his whole point about um, he thinks that people portray the military in a very negative light. He's, so he's he wants on, to do that. He's been on CBR and Newsarama. Like this isn't his first comic. Like, totally. He yeah. Yeah. Had a and comic I've read his pr- his previous. Stuff. I mean, they it's promoted because him on CBR like, News Rama? years ago. It's hilarious because in the this. end, he's not really commenting on anything because he just wants respect from people and he wants to show them I was in the military this is how it is I demand respect an excuse to glorify himself well, like, what is making fights with guys like Aubrey Sitterson do exactly, I don't even yes. understand like Aubrey Sitterson 
Really nice guy. We've had him on Struggle Session before. I've read his G.I. Joe comics. Check it out. Thank you. Uh, I've read his G.I. Joe comics. They're fun. I, I, he, but he made it clear to us that like it's not like the hard-edged, uh, the Larry Hama-esque G.I. Joe comics were yeah. not existing. Like He was the dude who was writing like the PG one, while the hard-edged like PG-13 <laughs> ones were still being written. Yes. So it's not like he He didn't replace it. Yeah, it's not like he replaced the, these, you know, hoorah military lots of guns comics right. he did the one with the lasers just like the fucking old cartoons who gives a shit what am yes. i what am i missing here how is that yes, sjw exactly yeah one character was like a black lady who used but to like be like a white guy who gives a fuck and most of it not even a to, big character no one uh, cared about that character. seemed to culminate from the from that tweet that he had right with the uh, um uh fake or what is it um with the 9-11 tweet that he had about um, oh, what did Aubrey tweet about nine eleven? <laughs> oh, so, so it wasn't really content based. It was more like oh, the writer said that. Yes, oh. that's what it was mainly about because he was like that's what got it to the point where people wanted him to get fired from GI Joe because he said something about nine eleven and that uh, people use it as a way to get like um, what's the word for it like. Uh, not like gratification, but just like using that kind of moment to, to a jumping off point for something else. They're just capitalizing on capital for them. I mean, to get, like get well, an like, emotional yeah, response out of it. Not really. Kind of deal. That's, that's not really arguable. That's that, no. that's a fact. <laughs> no, that's just a fact because it's all in our culture now. Like that's something that like we've talked about. Like never forget. Like they say that it's like how can we not? You make us remember all the time. You know, like. That is something that will never leave. So if someone comments on that and that people manipulate an event like that for their own purposes and then people get mad at him online and say now he can he should be fired from his job because he doesn't respect, you know, the people who died or he doesn't respect the first response. And it's like you're taking what he said completely out of context, inserted your own context into it. Yeah. And now because this guy doesn't have your beliefs, he should be fired from his fucking Well, job. and that's that's what these fucking here's what's crazy about all these free speech people, right? The entire free speech thing was conservatives are getting fired from their job for having conservative opinions, right? And at first I was like, oh, well, like, nobody should get fired from their jobs for having a shitty political opinion. And then conservatives, liberals, socialists, I don't care, derp, derp, derp. And then the next few years happened and you're like, oh, geez, everyone's trying to get everyone fired now. So you have, like, it was this weird thing where, like, the liberals were getting the lefties fired and, like, normal, like, right-wingers fired. But then the right-wingers came to power and uh, guess what they did? They started getting people fucking fired. Back That's to James right. Gunn. Back mm-hmm. to uh, what, what they did to Kathy Griffin, who for some reason is still like a, railing about Bernie on the internet, uh, <laughs> oh, along geez. with Patricia Arquette, which is like, you know, like how lucky you are to have Jesus. a career after like slicing Patricia off the president's Arquette. fucking head. Yeah. Uh, that's what pretty incredible. That's actually. a weird Why would you go back to those people? Like it yeah. was the socialists who had your back, Kathy. It wasn't the libs. They were all, you know, Anderson Cooper, like, made you walk off. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's definitely, like you said, like, those, that fusion of politics and especially these, like, brands, like that synergy that Joel was mentioning earlier has now culminated into these fucking fiends. Like, these are, like, nostalgia hounds that are out and about fucking uh, demarcating every single page and panel to 
you know, see what kind of SJW plots are in there, and it never it never amounts to anything. Like, yeah, they're not like, looking. What are they for, trying? It started to do? out. We're, we're defending artists' free speech, which was like good because look, 2014, 2015, People forget how crazy those years were. People like just think the world automatically started sucking in November 2016 <laughs> when Trump walked in. But the last two years of Obama's presidency, culturally, were a fucking madhouse. Yeah. Every other day, there was a salon article like. Eight racist Seinfeld episodes, the ten most sexist moments in last week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, six signs that The Bachelor might be turning you into a Klan's member, why watching Ren and Stimpy as a kid means you might be a child molester. It was like just, it it was aggressive as fuck. And I do think that a big part of that, you know, uh, Tumblr in action, Kotaku in action, like, let's make fun of these people. Uh, aesthetic came from that. But what I started to realize, and part of the reason why I moved away from all of it before it went completely fascist, or maybe just at the tail end of what you know, became clear that these were burgeoning fascist online movements, was that, like, oh, like, we're like people in our 20s who are making fun of teenagers. Like, these are like kids who are like obnoxious because they're kids. And there is a part of me that is. I don't know. You know, I didn't grow up under Obama. I grew up under Bush. It was very cynical. Yeah, and I imagine yeah. mm-hmm. that, like, judging by the absurd optimism of the Obama years where everything was like you just could tell the president wanted to be Oprah really badly, uh, is this – He had a messianic complex. He had a very it, much – but sure. b- 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 people – liberals were super optimistic for, oh, eight, yeah, for totally. eight years. Yeah. So, like, you have a lot of these young baby socialists who uh, – who almost it's weird it's like they they almost behave like america is like bad for the first time but not it's always been bad but like during obama mm. it was good but then it was bad again i wouldn't even say baby socialists you should cut that just like new <laughs> new lefties mm-hmm. i don't know there is like a weird like refusal to engage in the last eight years mm. even watching like the sasha baron cohen show it's like a whole lot of people from like the bush administration are getting made fun of and it's like hey i'm glad they're getting made fun of now yeah. and i'm glad you were making fun of them when they were in power when he was in power but like w- what happened during those eight years how come like people stopped criticizing power for eight years mm-hmm. people people haven't really uh I've noticed haven't gotten comfortable enough to ask themselves that question yet. Where that's true. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely something that people haven't dissected yet, and I think it'll come more so with time. I think maybe I don't know. There's no time frame for this to really happen, but I do think that. I mean, he sold himself so well. It was such a great marketing of like hope. That was like his first like big image, and that just sort of set the tone. Or change, and you know, so. that yeah. was or like change. The main there we go. Thing, yeah. And then yeah. that whole mentality bled into like. I guess it was just, like, two different factors coming in at the same time. Because then you have, like, Tumblr and a BuzzFeed and, like, listicle culture developing. And it's, like, eight, eight, yeah, exactly, eight fucking reasons why Obama's the greatest. Or look how charismatic he is. And it's, like, a gif of him smiling, like, oh. BuzzFeed was responsible for a lot of propaganda. They inserted him into Marvel Comics at one point. As soon as he got elected. Yeah, Yeah. because they they knew that they could capitalize on that sort of, like, neoliberal centrist move. It was definitely like the hand across the aisle kind of deal because a lot of these niche cultures, especially the comics uh, fan base, they're like they're a fringe uh, monoculture. Like they're not they're not big enough to actually um, 
well, at least maybe not, maybe now they are big enough to do something. But beforehand, during those years in Obama, it's just kind of like you took the changes as they came, you know? Now people can, they are obsessed with what is going to be coming out that is new and who's going to be doing it. And it, as soon as it doesn't, as soon as it doesn't agree with your, you know, subjective point of view, it's like they can't pass it up. Well, the transition I specifically remember uh, was very jarring because we went from dark rain in Marvel to siege. And then immediately Obama goes to office. Obama and Spider-Man are on a cover together. (laughs) And then siege is over and it's the heroic age. And after like three very dark years of Marvel comics, four very dark years of Marvel comics, it was, everything's bright and sunny and shiny. It was just like the whole thing with like House of Like no one wanted to talk about what just, what fucking happened. It was was like an Obama reboot. Like century tore apart Aries. Did that line up with his like second term? Because no, that was all. That was that was that was term. That was the beginning of term run. End of Bush, beginning of Obama. Was siege? siege? I totally forgot about that. Siege was right after Dark Reign. Okay, it was how the the who Thunderbolts took over. The the Thunderbolts took over in Dark Reign, then became the Dark Avengers. There we go. And then they like mind control. The Sentry dies in siege. Yeah. Okay, so that's when he goes into like Valhalla and destroys. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Fucks them up. Yeah, that whole scene with Ares. that was a dope. Okay, besides sick. the point, I just want to say that comic like splash page was so. Yeah, sick. that was dope. I also want to say that the best Olivier Co- Coipel, the best six one six comic of the last twenty years, six one six, and besides Max, even the in canon Max ones, uh, uh, Planet Hulk. Yes, yeah. very good. I really enjoyed that one too. I My love wife that one. Loves the Hulk. I get jealous because you're a little bit of a no, Bruce Banner type. No, I don't. You are an Edward Norton Bruce Banner type. <laughs> Look at you. Look at I you mean, go. it's funny because, and that was a great series because, like, they tried to do that in Ragnarok, and I'm kind of glad they didn't do like a World War Hulk two kind of no, deal. They you did know? it as like a comedy. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. And man, that I love all of the that Hulk, uh, all that Hulk series. I that forget came that out. just Planet him being Hulk was featured in the films. Um, it's him being barely, able to speak yeah. and like it's kind of a waste. conscious, you know, yeah. that was like uh, it was it was really interesting. Planet Hulk, though, it's Gladiator. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's Gladiator. It's it's like uh, a, a kingdom epic. Yep. It's um, uh, what is that movie? It just got remade. Oh my god, this is gonna kill me. It was a classic like '60s uh, Gladiator type film. Oh, Clash uh, of the Titans? No, 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 no. That's not a cl- no. <laughs> let me let me look this up. Okay, yeah. you, what you were saying, JDB? No, it's just it's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It was great because and it that's made when he sense. has Scar, right? He has he's, a he's son. The green, son. He's the green Scar. Who they did not know the what, Hoku. They didn't know what to do with his kid character after. Yeah, he just kind of he just fell off. He fell yeah. off. Well, all of these kid characters always fall off, except for like X twenty three kind of Hulk. Well, it made sense in the comics. Not a lot of things make sense in comics when you start to look at the big histories. Like, these characters don't act like they should. But Planet Hulk worked because it's like, yeah, you should get rid of this fucking guy. He's it's self-contained. Everything yeah. Yeah. Like, blow him off the planet. So then it's like, with this whole D&C crew, you know, what the... F- like, what do they want to see in their stories, you know? Like, I mean, we got a 
a taste of it yesterday. Me and Josh were reading uh, Richard C. Meyer's re-re rendition of Iron Man being like a a burnt out alcoholic or something, and Riri being this, uh, you know, super unapologetic, woke black female who's like, uh, who's tormenting him at his last stages of death. And it's just so, it, it talk about fucking pandering. Oh my, the dialogue in it is just like. Wait, he wrote like a fake Iron Man comic? Yes. Yeah, it was like a short, like eleven page. Yeah, oh, so just a short eleven page and the thing. Cover of it is a, it it's like, like a mockery of the old uh, series where Iron Man is like drinking like and shit. Alcohol, what is yeah. that? You have the oh, demon novel. in the bottle. Yes, it's kind of like a knockoff of that, I think. And the art is just very, it's really bad. It's and it's um, it? yeah, it's his kind of take on like the inclusionary politics within marvel nowadays and his kind of idea they're of not it. really that inclusionary not at all which is so like what they're are just, you upset they're pa- about they're pandering just like he panders what yeah. does he not do they not realize that they're just both pandering we're exactly. talking about people getting lost in he's, irony nowadays they don't know it he's they pandering to white identity politics yes yeah Totally. And and that's what's so funny is that he tries to write this shit. Like, I was reading some of his new uh, pages that he's, like, uh, group fund or crowdfunding for his graphic novel called Jawbreakers, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, which is, like, a knockoff of Wildcats, it, it looks like. Wildcats, like. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's... Uh, uh, dialogue exchange between a white man and an African-American man and their soldiers and the African-American man is talking to this white guy saying like it, he puts in the dialect that's like you know very uh, you know ghetto lingo and stuff and oh, he's like saying properly like, spelling the word up, you yeah. know and uh, then the white guy tells this character oh what are you doing like why are you talking like that you never talk like that and then the black character switches his dialogue and is like oh yeah you know you know how it is like I just get caught up in that character sometimes what it's so weird well what an interesting era to go back to wildcat style like the excessive 90s like epitome of well that's what he wants to go back to so that's what he's he's very he wants to to be bombastic but just like does he not even realize how um, like two dimensional and like over the top they were which is I'm assuming what he's trying to do with the dialogue and try and be like a little gritty with it but it it came off so heavy hand and like you he played his cards too soon and it it, the minute I read that line I was like oh god like this guy obviously has never heard uh a black person talk first off or, or it sounds like he's never had a conversation with uh, a black person in general so his use of these like metaphors that this guy is switching from you know white speak to like black speak or whatever it it doesn't land anywhere you know it's it doesn't hold it comes water. off like fucking racist exactly. <laughs> it was like a forced attempt won- at cl- being trying to be clever but yes just and then he flat. wonders why people call him that he wonders why people call him like nazi and fascist you know racist well I, and you know then what, he makes his boring ass videos doing this does like, he work his with videos Ethan? are like just made with like his phone it's very interesting exactly. how low effort they are and but he Ethan's still gets car. like thirty five thousand. this is the guy who works these. with ethan right ethan van they're buddies yes and that's disappointing i had no idea that he had been doing this i'm me and josh are big like gl guy runs um, i know it is weird like a very famous like dc comics artist has quit dc to make these youtube videos full time yeah because i was talking to you why it's like gl was like like, what is he gonna get out of it you know know? like what is that 
it's not going to evolve into anything because he's going to be left out by these guys eventually when he doesn't fit their mold anymore, you know? So what's the point of even having this kind of cult following? Like, I mean, he's just getting it where he, where he but is he ha- like, is he doing work? Like besides that cyber frog <laughs> one that you said, like he, it doesn't seem like he's even working. So what is the point now? <laughs> you know, you're not, you're doing this just to complain. Basically. I mean, he's cashing in. Like he made a lot of money on that cyber front oh thing? yeah how oh, much even on cyber like half a million dollars at least but what the, but, the, but, the, but that's like a one here's the thing if you want to be a profiteer right now like you can anybody like the four of us could just start selling shit to alt-right people today oh, and oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we'll make so, six figures in a year the question is is that uh when the world gets your shit together and realizes that you're a, a nazi profiteer uh, you know, it's not going to look very good. Right. Yes. You're not going to feel that good about yourself. <laughs> Which is because with Richard, he'd like, he, maybe he didn't start off that way, but his fan base definitely led him into that. And so now he can't escape. He's like, his fan people, base is trapped. And that's him. because of the internet, because like a lot yes. of people do feel trapped. I mean, that's part of the reason why I had to get off Twitter is that like a lot of my <laughs> right wing fans, I felt like I can't keep like pandering to these fucking people. I can't keep like making jokes that they like that I know make me feel bad, no right. make the world. Like, even if it's just a personal thing, like I'm like making the world a shittier place, even a tiny little bit by like placating the, the some of these fucking people. Yes. And yeah. like, it is like, you do feel trapped where it's like, well, if I like alienate these people, I lose everything. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. you'll even find that as you do a podcast on the left, you'll find that like, there will be like random people who listen and will like yell at you and tell you to talk about one thing or another thing. Yep. And like, if they, you know, it, 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 you can find, you'll find that it's just, it's just a weird nature of like the group dynamics of social media. Like the pylons are everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'd rather, rather be yelled at by like a leftist for doing something problematic than by not being like a nazi enough you know yes. yeah <laughs> which is and they always buckle like the people on the right always buckle because they know that like they are going to be held accountable to their base no matter what for left people they just get criticized all the fucking time like i know and it's exhausting it is it's so <laughs> annoying like why is it that the right is so united in their fucking ideology they're not ideological they just views? fight in private is the thing True, they do they decide do. but they've got all it. my leftists feel like there are no secrets allowed <laughs> yes so. but they've got <laughs> it handled in that. that regard like it does i mean regardless like it, we know they fight in private but because they've had the culture's eye on them in terms of like they're more united on that front while we are arguing in public with each other about reaching across the aisle, you know, like, I mean, I just think it's bizarre. I think it's crazy that what you must be going through, uh, just going, what kind of mental health state are you going through when you're like trying to pander to some people, but know that this is such a, a slippery problematic well and that's why i realize centrism is impossible right like as an actor and a filmmaker you know you are your goal is to reach mass audiences and so that's why most celebrities behave the way they do online because they're literally trying to please everybody i realized i'm not a kind of person who can do that uh while maintaining my sanity i have to believe in something yeah uh and it took a long time to figure out because you are trained to like not do anything that wouldn't make you money but it, it what it boils down to is that I would rather. It's like this. This it all boils down to the, the, this myth of exposure that the media industry teaches people, and that's not just old media, but new media too, where uh, the goal is to go viral. You know, you can have ten million people watch your fucking video online, 
And if none of them give you a dollar, it doesn't matter. If the yeah, advertisers yeah. don't find it worthy of sponsoring, it doesn't matter. Uh, you can have 20 million people watch something and you'll be just as poor as you always were. <laughs> yeah. And Google will make all of that money happily. If you have 2,000 people each giving you five bucks a month, that's so much more. Right. Yeah. That, you know, I'd rather have a small group of people listening and enjoying my shit and then, then, then this wide exposure that I was trained to seek out in, in the entertainment industry. And that just took me a very long time to figure out. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good, cool. like, you know, it seems like it's a rat race. And it's good that you, like, notice it's like, wait, stopped, took a breather and realized, like, this isn't, this isn't working. Like, this isn't the right. Because if you want to go viral, like, let's make some anti-SJW videos, man. Like, that oh, biz- yeah. if you're thinking from, like, a business perspective, mm-hmm. like, you'll get a shitload of views making, like, these Sargon of Akkad-style things. It's, it's the weird. easiest Big uh, money. niche culture. Yeah, and the best thing that could happen is, like, being featured predominantly as a controversial thing because it's, like, good watch my video more controversy makes money which is why it's very frustrating that there are so many on the center left specifically who want to stop the left from ever trying to be that's why the dirtbag left is such an important thing like that's why this new idea that like leftists don't have to be these fucking like victorians Mm -hmm. who like you know are, are masters of etiquette is is essential it's not how most people are like you shouldn't the right so, never does it. I mean, why should not we? only does the do right it? never do it, but the, you to to get the nine. It, it just ensures that the ninety nine percent continues to fight on behalf of the one percent. You know, who goes through the manners training and who knows the you know yes. the precise way to you know place their elbows on the table? Fucking rich people, like who knows not to swear and in, in these certain important places? Rich people, like it is. It's snobs versus slobs, which is something I thought. Uh, the working class in America used to embrace. Oh, and totally. I'd like to see that come back. Yeah. I mean, we got image comics over here uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, and at least they have done something with uh, their fan culture where they've taken a lot of these writers and artists from these main companies like DC and Marvel and either have given them leeway to do whatever they want at Image. So mm-hmm. now, like, you find these creators moving towards more independent industries because they well, know. That's, yeah, that's what Brubaker did. Brubaker exactly. left Marvel. He and did he went to criminals? Image. And then he did Fatal. Oh. And then, Who did Sex uh, Criminals? He did. Mm-hmm. Was that? That's Matt, Matt Fraction. Fraction. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not Kelly's really into. But okay. uh, whatever. Uh, I mean, but that's the thing. At least Image is offering more for, for these creators, which is. Another weird part because some of these creators go into these independent realms and they just do the same boring shit that they were doing at the superhero realm. And it's like, so what are you, what are you using this for, you know? Like, it doesn't make sense anymore. But we've been talking a lot about shitty comics. What are, you know, what are some good comics that, uh, or not currently reading? I mean, depending past or present, it doesn't matter. Um, I think for me, one of my favorite artists right now, her name is Sarah Horrocks, and she's like, uh, she's a transgender artist who like does a lot of horror work and um, kind of uh, she's like a really she's really big into like Italian horror, so a lot of her comics are kind of bombastic and uh, very colorful or very like washy and muddy. Yeah, elongates figures to these demonic proportions. Um, and right now she's like, and she's completely independent. You know, does her all of her own production. So That's it's awesome. it, it's interesting to see that production value compared to like glossy twenty two page 
with ads right. in it, just regular DC or Marvel comics. Well, that's why I've kind of been reading more. We talked about this a couple episodes ago, but still, I'm still real up on the uh, like horror manga. Yeah, to Homunculus, still reading that. Okay, and I like those because there's no ads like whatsoever in manga, so you just jump in and get enthralled in the storyline. So that's definitely more stuff that I've been reading. Kind of steered away from comic books simply because of that. Like, I don't know. Because it's so desensitized. It's just desensitized and, like, interrupted by ads. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. They don't make room for splashes anymore, like no, double-page exactly, splashes. Yeah. Like, no one makes use of that anymore, it seems, in yeah. the comics world. Unless you're, like what I'm saying, going to these more independent creators. Um, and I'm even trying to start reading, like, I've started reading, like, uh, the Dark Phoenix Saga 2, because uh, I really love uh, those classic works. Mm-hmm. But... And I forget those stories, man. There's so much detail to them. I don't think I've been reading anything new. Um, I think I just been like I said, I was reading uh, Hickman's Fantastic Four because I really want. I just I loved it, and I'm still going through some of it. It's amazing. Um, you mentioned which one did you just mention right now? Uh, I feel like one of the comic series you were just reading. Dark Phoenix Saga. Okay, I just read. Uh, God loves man kills oh. on. It's Lo- good. It's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's episode, yeah. And Thank I you. got that as a Christmas gift. It was fantastic. I've been reading more eighties uh, X Men comics, but really, I've moved away from comics as a whole and been following the artist because yeah. that's really what always has been my like thing. Mm-hmm. The, yes. That's the, captured you. Yeah, so for me, I'm forward. like on IG all the time because I'm following all these. Like, I love Steve McNiven. I like uh-huh. just seeing like these guys just post. Yeah, uh, and then just time. like George Jimenez, he's a new guy who's coming out. Uh, R. B. Silva, these guys have art styles that I just totally dig, and I don't even read their comics. I'm just looking at their art. And I'm like, this is amazing, great yeah, stuff. Well, like, we're always sharing, like just like, yeah, and, like images. Totally, yeah, yeah. And so it's it's, it's strange that like they can still manipulate these characters and by a different artist, and we still like them no matter in what kind of format they're drawn. Yeah, in. and like, for me, it's a so Batman in- drawn in every single type of different format. He's always gonna. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're always gonna know that because he's it's so iconic, you know. Yeah. And but that icon that like because they're idols, that idolatry of them that's been built up by these brands have now like that's why we keep talking about like why they these comics aren't as good anymore because of that fact that they're just brands for to market. So that's why I'm trying to go straight to so, like the creators because I just don't really too. care I mean, about the recycled yeah. storylines. Like, I feel like they do put more emphasis on the writers than the artists, too, a lot of times. And it's like... Uh, yeah, I wonder why that is. You know, because... They're more profitable, maybe, in the... I don't know. Cause it is like, weird because words seem less and less profitable by the day, but... Yeah. Maybe that's everybody. Maybe everybody's yeah. just hard to pay. But they definitely like with the. Com- I've noticed that in comics culture, it's all about who's the writer is going to be attached, not so much the artist. And for me, I'm always looking at the artist. I'm like, hey, what? Who's? I'm not going to read this if the art's not good. You know. Oh, that happened to me with that Iron Man uh, Marvel Now run. It was I don't know who was writing it, but the guy who uses a lot of like. Oh, he land. did a, uh, Greg Land. Greg. Oh, he's oh, the I, guy who traces porno. Yeah, he yes. traces porno exactly. exactly. I, is he still working for? Is he, he still does, around? He does. Doing How work. the fuck did like every artist leave <laughs> except for him? Because he can't, he knows he can't leave. It's like I hated he's him because very he was fast. Yeah, I There's hated, a lot of red oh, tubes. Oh, yeah, super yank. fast. Yeah, and I hated him because on the ultimate run, it was just all over Dude, the place. Susan Storm's mouth was just like, like hanging open, waiting for a dick. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
Blowjob and O faces everywhere. Yeah, honestly, if you you could, people have actually found like the exact like pictures he was drawing over, and it's just like Maxim cover art or like just it's insane. Dude, it's weird. With red, yeah, I'm telling you, with the tubes, he's is is easier than ever. <laughs> Screenshot. Then you just like uh, here's like uh, this is cheetah now or this yeah <laughs> he has a uh, one that he's reused it was a uh, he was a wrestler Triple H he's used Triple H as Colossus as Thor as yeah Triple H I love it yeah because he has like a pose where he's like this so he's used this like uh, cross pose yeah his entrance stand and he's used it for Colossus he used it for Thor he's probably oh using it for a lot more than I've <laughs> <Wow>. noticed <laughs> which is dude yeah exactly how did he stay and then all these other great artists, like because they're great artists, doesn't make him bounce around. He doesn't do anything for comics anymore because they're just. You might as well just do screen caps of failing a up, film. baby. Yeah, screen that is caps failing of the up. Movies. Definition of failing up, Greg <laughs> Land. But uh, there are some other good artists in Marvel that I think are getting some sort of spotlight. Like the guy that I mentioned earlier, Ramon Villalobos. He, uh, he is... Yeah, he's well, dope. He was coming great. off, like I think, the Tumblr era. So glad yes. that he like, actually and, got picked uh, up. The other guy that we've been sharing to, Ian Bertram, he also has been doing more stuff for these bigger uh, comics communities. Nick Darrington and I, as well? I, yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with Ed Pisker being um, one of the main kind of kind of creative directors around Marvel now, especially with this X-Men Grand Design uh, just now being released in a beautiful treasury edition. That's an awesome. 11 by 17 almost fucking graphic novel, and it's beautiful. It's like he prints it on – they do it printed on newsprint, I think. It's like the hip-hop um, Hip hop oh, family dope. tree. Hip-hop he did. Tree. That's the same gentleman, Ed Pisker, and he has even come out on Instagram and Twitter saying, "Like, yeah, I want to promote more of these artists that are my friends, that I love their independent work, and I believe that they can bring that culture back to the comics community if like they're just that. given the chance, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, so he's brought along like uh, Michelle Fife, who who's who does. Um, his own series uh, called Copra, which has been around for a while now, and it's it's amazing. He does a great artistry, and he's a great writer. Uh, so he he gets him and a guy like Benjamin Mara, you know, all of these independent creators that have been around, but because there's on this such low uh, low scale turnout in terms of like their fan culture. The Marvel and DC don't look to them as being the next, you know, the next John Byrne or the next. Uh, but I don't think Marvel or DC wants to create those kinds of artists anymore because oh, then that would not. mean they would have to pay them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. They can just replace them at, at conventions. And that's why yeah. Ed Pisker is there because he wants to change that. He can see mm-hmm. he sees the infrastructure moving towards that uh, capitalistic schematics, and he wants to make sure that. He and uh, people that he respects have a place in that movement as well because a lot of their artists or a lot of their influences come from the Silver Age and from the Golden Age of comics. So they're they're the ones that people should be getting behind to have creative involvement. Not these fucking idiots that are attached to these comic projects now, you know? I think the some writers are uh, like more selective about who 
becomes their artist. I think uh, uh, Scott Snyder brought on yes. board uh, Greg Capullo. Greg Capullo, uh-huh. and he was just doing Spawn for so long. He's self-taught. He and wasn't really a big industry name. And I think he just got George Jimenez, the Latino guy. He's like our age, who I don't think he was doing anything that big. I think he was just doing like uh, the Batman and uh, Superman Sons or Super mm-hmm. Sons. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes they're just writer artist teams that kick ass. Like yeah. totally. Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon. Yeah, oh, the best. most definitely. Oh, yeah. Iconic. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is iconic one of the for sure. Iconic duos. I, mean, I, I feel mean, like Snyder and Capullo are on their way to. They, they are. Oh they yeah, they've definitely the with their Batman with their the new Owls. yeah the yeah, new Fifty Two Batman that. run has. Did, have you read any of that by chance? Sorry. No, I mean it's actually because. I think that pulled me into comics again, too. You got the one Marvel guy here. (laughs) The other two guys are the DC guys. I mean, the Court of Owls was, in terms of artistry, like we're saying, like... It was amazing. It was amazing. And they they wanted to uh, incubate that talent at DC, whereas in Marvel, it's just like they... They plaster fucking screenshots of porn actresses, like Joel saying. Greg Land, shout out. (laughs) I mean, it's we're living in the end times for the comics industry as a as a mega corporation. Yeah, but you know what? The aliens are gonna come to Earth, (laughs) and they're gonna think that they're gonna think that Rachel Starr was a woman who could turn invisible. And travel through the cosmos <laughs> with the guy on a silver surfboard. Hell yeah! I think that's history. Johnny Sins. Johnny Sins yeah, is Johnny more of a Norn rad guy. <laughs> he would like, be a good Captain America. He could be all. He's a Doctor Manhattan, like, I think. These these warriors journey through the cosmos and and they bred for the public for all to watch. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think uh, Johnny Sins is a prime candidate for uh, Charles Xavier. I heard you heard it here first. He's getting casted. <laughs> They don't, you know what? It sucks. You know, the tubes, the tubes killed those porn parodies. Think about it. They don't get made anymore. There's, they're gone. The goodbye to all those awesome superhero pornos. Yeah. Goodbye to, goodbye to Skinamax, like softcore. Like it's done. That's dead. That business is dead. There's no point. There's no, yeah, no, people want that hardcore shit. I mean, but even the hardcore shit, like there's no porno parodies anymore. Like there's no even porn stars anymore. They don't even see the names. It's just like a seven minute to 14 minute clip like here's the verb it's the verb of the fucking yeah it's just big booty girl getting turned out right or like huge dick like but but who's huge dick you know yeah whose penis am I watching right you know I've actually said this that's my memoir book that like I don't know. Like, We're I losing like the humanity here. Uh, I like to watch a nice dick. Like, I'm I don't here for the faces and the dick, eyes. You know. I mean, you have to be a good performer. Sometimes. Yeah. They're just, they're too Honestly, awesome. Johnny Sins doesn't do it for me. Like, I don't think he's that good of a performer. <laughs> oh, he's all. I in. mean, he clearly is. Like, I mean, he's been all around the world. Yeah, yeah I know that. Well, I'm like, not. I'm not saying. I'm not, I'm not like a member of his Facebook fan group or anything. But like anybody, <laughs> it's not for my taste. Look, it's that or like. I, here's the thing. I was so I was reading. Uh, I was reading an autobiography of Ron Jeremy, uh, which, uh, you know, it's just him talking about hanging out with celebrities, which is very funny. Because <laughs> most of the book is like me and Jim Carrey or me and Sam Kinison. Oh the big God. thing, he cool said, there's two things that a lot of these dudes do who are just like working for like 20, 30 years. They either like Viagra or like shots called Caverject. They just like, so some oh. of these guys are just 
giving themselves dick shots all oh, the time. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm not that saying it's terrible. That's the price. If you like some of these oh, guys yeah. in their fifties that are still at it, and the money just isn't that good anymore. So it's like it sucks. Exactly, like yeah. there's no yeah. unions, which sucks. Porn should unionize. Sex oh, workers yeah. should unionize. Yes. Uh, Did they unionize or like kind of got together when they wanted to instate that like call porn stars how to wear condoms? Oh, it didn't, it didn't, right. didn't work. They all left the valley. All the porn porn is not right. really shot in the, in the valley. Huh? One of our biggest industries was like kicked out by a bunch of like weirdos who mm. like wanted to, and then and then and there what there was like the HIV and STDs yeah. on porn sets were extremely rare, mm-hmm. and they happened like once every few years, and then of course that person's career was over, and right. they would get like support. Yeah, uh, from the clinics. Yeah, you would think a like a but multi-million there, dollar a business union. would take care of that. I, but yes, well, no, I but, do but what happened was is they all consolidated. What happened? What's uh, happening to the rest of America happened to porn first, and nobody cared because it happened to porn. Right. Yes. So, right, it's one company that owns almost all the porn now. Like well, all the tube sites are owned by one company, and they really? just pirated everything from the rest of Porn Valley. Wow. And all those companies are husks; they're barely in business. Like the Wicked Pictures, the Vivid, like they're all like they're, so they're old, all yeah. the old guard. They're yeah, all they're suffering. Classic names, class, the classic porno days. Like what is Playboy? Who gives a shit? Right. <laughs> like who? What? You know, it's not like writers are writing or Hustler too. Yeah, that Hustler. Was a big the, one. Yeah. They're all going. Yeah. So now it's just all these tube sites, and they control everything, and it's like one company, and that is capitalism in a nutshell. But because it happened to porn. Nobody really, really cared. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, where was the niche fan culture? Where was Richard C. Meyer when porno was going because out? Because people bail out the moment. Make huh? it like a save porn. Yeah. In where's fact, my where's my diversity in porn? Could you only well, interested you know what, for pro- like four the minutes? Is that there was no union. If porn had a union, then porn union would actually be able to. First of all, thanks to Twitter and the internet, uh, sex workers are actually able to humanize themselves to the public in a way that society has never let them to. Like the society has always painted sex workers like they're like filthy. Yes. Terrible. Like they're prostitutes, basically. Monster. Well, they are, but like not. But like that's I mean, a, that like specific negative connotation. Right. Like that the negative. Yeah, the harlot or whatever. Yes. It's like the puritanical Hallets. bullshit. I'm going. Where these people Western have the stigma, and they shouldn't have stigma. They should have health care. They should have. Yeah. I mean, they are people who are just trying yeah. to do. Who are they're workers. You. They're yeah. in. They're like it's a, such yeah. A huge industry. So many people. And it's like people. It's because nobody wants to come out and it. say, "Yeah, I support this because I also I mean, watch it." Because it's, it's embarrassing. Tab- because they have it's made a it a thing, taboo sure. subject in our culture, where sex is something to be feared or something. But also, that like you these women, private. If like for both, you know, obviously the men who mostly work with other men, but women, like there needs to be not only like they should have health care, they should be able to go somewhere like in case of any sexual violence yes. like they yeah. should totally they should have all these resources the state should offer them like none of this should be taboo in fact like people should be grateful like because if it weren't for like strippers and porn and sex workers there'd probably be like a ton of crazy people like just gunning cops down in the street oh, right yeah. now. Like, <laughs> it's god's work like people are literally it's like god's plan. people god's are like plan. there's so there's so many psychopaths that are like all right today's the day i'm gonna do it yeah. today's gonna be the day i'm gonna take it out on everyone just gonna blow up the whole neighborhood and then they jerk off like that another you know, and maybe tomorrow. They just buy a, they buy a hand job or. Oh wait, is that a video like, oh, of Mia God. Khalifa? Yeah, you know what? I'll, yeah. I'll hold that off. Yeah, I'll, that off. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll take a nap another time. You know, <laughs> I gotta like, watch Bang Bros real quick. Right. I mean, it, 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 it there is like a, a like male neoliberals don't really love uh, the idea of male catharsis and like what that entails, which is sometimes not always pleasant. Uh, 
but like there is something to be said in that like dudes uh dudes like in a healthy society like uh, they need a release valve, <laughs> and, I, and and like and and like and that and that and then if that means masturbating, like I'm saying, like make the sex robots faster is what I'm trying to say. Get, get to them it. out faster. Dolls, That's when we get real world peace. Sex uh, I'm gonna to ask DNC go. to do go. a GoFundMe for some uh, for the robotics. I think Third World Ballers is seeking out a Elon Musk. Where you at? Girls. No, Stop sending Elon submarines Musk. to children in caves to reenact your. I just like plan. that Elon Musk reads every tweet sent to him. It's remarkable. Dude, it's Who does really that? Mean. If you have that much money and power, and you have thousands of people sending you Too messages every hour, and you read everything. Probably. He reads it all. He responds all the time to yeah. people, which means he reads everything or That's as much bizarre. as he can. He's a robot himself, just going through it, the motions, you know, eyes jittering back and forth over the screen. Because he's processing power. I mean, he's a narcissist too, because oh. you know, like oh, when yeah. you when you like are obsessed he loves himself. You get instant feedback about yourself all the time. Are you kidding me? Why would you do anything else? Why would you? Why would you just do that anything but sit there? You can people pedophiles online and shit. Wild. <laughs> we, the we, people who rescued the children from those caves in Thailand, and he has the nerve to call them. You think? Uh, you think pedophiles. anybody like in a roadster felt like a dickhead that day? Like I'm just driving. You're just driving in your like Tesla, and you're like. <laughs> The guy who built this just called the guy a pedo for no yeah, reason. Exactly. <laughs> uh, fucking the culture in uh, in today's society that we've built for ourselves to praise the rich and then eat the poor, you know, is so. It's strange because I think now it's come to the point where it's all unmasked, it's all unveiled, it's so it's, it's all yeah, just it's in naked. Your face. It's naked. It's naked and it's aggressive, and so. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a naked, <laughs> aggressive man running around yeah. in the street it's trying it's to like my charge you my It's like naked exactly. Godzilla, just and, and, and frothing at the mouth. It's rabid. <laughs> and late stage, up? late capitalism is getting so like. I I feel like you know the fucked up thing is is that there was a time where a huge chunk, even the majority of the population, could ignore the giant fucked up creature mm-hmm. if you just played your cards a very specific way that was taught to you and you could usually make it work a little bit and uh even even the people at their poorest there was less of them than there are now Mm -hmm. like poverty homelessness and income inequality are at heights not seen since the gilded age yeah it's the post-feudal age that we're in well i think we should uh Let's wrap it up here. Yeah, yeah on a more positive note. Our, um, <laughs> just Board, our closing statements, it. I guess, in regards to the comic industry as it is now, just fan culture, whatever I, you want to attribute it to. Um, I think it's important for people to like, like we did with the music episode about going out to find uh, out there. new content. It is out there, trust me. Yeah, like with the same thing with comics. I think, like Jawal said, it's really important to follow creators and see what they're doing with their own projects, especially artists that you love. Please, like, you know, give them a shout out. Pay less attention to the company that they make the thing for. If you have a writer that you like and they're like in Slate or whatever or something shitty, just read it because even if you think Slate sucks, like it's their work. And like if they bounce around from shitty shitty outlet to shitty outlet, like and you still love that writer, the writer is doing their best. It's the market that blows. Yes. And that's what we should be criticizing. That's what we need to take down. You know, that's what we need to start. 
unionizing around is just like like you were saying a consolidation of power into the point where disney will own everything they will own our souls uh in the end and Mm -hmm. i think it's important to fight back against that whether you start now or you know corporate instrumentality yeah (laughs) but yeah that's my closer yeah i would have to agree with everything you guys just said i was not too versed on all this regarding the comic book industry but you know it's definitely good to know don't buy into this corporate structure go out and look at your artist and do some digging more than just what's fan fed to you yeah definitely the landscape now is find it on your own don't expect it to be fed to you anymore um like i said i these social media websites can be such useful tools to really connect with the creative people that you do like. And it doesn't always have to lead into like a negative toxic fan culture. Sometimes yeah. it's just like supporting an artist and that's it. Like yes. it's just you connecting directly. What social media really should have been from the inception of you connecting directly with the artist, not this like weird cesspool of shit that's arising something like you demand now it's like you demand something from this person yeah yeah it's like i own you now something i followed you so you owe me yes exactly um and i mean other than that thank you so much jdb for coming oh of course Uh, if i had to so great oh thank you so much if i had any last piece of advice uh, it's that if you want comic stuff, don't get it on YouTube. Just oh, yeah. no, yes. like find out comics. Like Instagram is good for artists because mm-hmm. they just post pictures. Yeah. Uh, there are good comic sites out there. Like the main ones, they're okay. But Comics Journal is a good one. Comics um, Journal is pretty good. I like that. Uh, C- not definitely not like CBR. CBR is man. It's like your variety, comics your Hollywood Reporter for comics is also kind of good. Uh, Multiversity Comics does like a lot of really good uh, journalistic work and also interviews with creators, which is nice. Um, so there's them as well. If you guys are interested, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I also. I started reading a comic uh, called Prison Pit, which is super gory and messed up and that wild, but awesome. I really loved yes. it. Uh, oh, who's the artist? The artist is that guy. I met the artist. His name's Johnny Ryan. He there was, you go. Actually, he told me. Outlaw I, Scum Fudge yes, on Instagram. Yes. So I met Great him comics. actually before I, I, I asked. I was just chatting with him, and he told me about the comic. So I picked it up at the store, and I'm like, oh, this is fucking wild. And yes, his Instagram is, as an artist, incredible. It's hilarious. I love his. He always tags the New Yorker cartoons is that the one you're always sending yeah 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 yeah. it's hilarious there's like one where it's during the uh elections that we just had the primaries uh he made a comic of like someone's talking to another person they're like oh i voted and then everyone's just dead around them or like being shot up and yeah everything he does is extremely violent and gory and sexual yes uh i saw a cartoon he drew of like louis ck like jerking off in front of R2-D2 and it's called and the caption is R2-Me2 <laughs> he's a funny guy he's great yeah. twisted dude and, I but like, that, that's just a little taste for yeah. what's out there what you can right. find you know please look for Do it research. Uh, and again thank you for coming on and thank you for uh, pleasure anytime look out for struggle session guys it's uh, required listening oh, for our you. listeners um, it's it's great. I I think a lot of the criticism and kind of the interests that we share are you guys go into it in a way that is very cutting edge, very leftist, and very uh, demanding from people. Oh, and okay. I, I think that's important. Thank now, you so much, Caesar. I was so, really yeah. stoked to go on this show too because uh, you. 
the three of you guys are super smart and uh, fun to listen to. And there are, uh, I want to see more lefty podcasts from the West Coast. Yes. So That's exactly what we Not we're enough thinking. of those. So yeah. let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's build yeah. that movement. Hands and build that movement. Yeah, exactly. Ball so ball the fuck out. Or ball out. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag. We will see you guys next week. They're both ballers. See ya. See ya. Later.